0: So we're at the place in the story found in Matthew chapter 2. This place is two years after the very birth of Jesus. Two years has gone by, and so when the wise men, the mag- guides, the magi, the, I don't know how you guys would pronounce it, the wise men, the kings, come and appear before Jesus, he's already two years of age. We know this because an angel comes and appears to the family and says to them, you're in danger and you need to leave. And something interesting about that is that Herod then declares that everyone under the age of two needs to be killed because they figure out that by the time the star appeared and the men from the east traveled and made it to Herod, that it took them basically the two years to get there. And then when they get to Jerusalem and travel, the few days that it would take to get to Bethlehem, Jesus is already at this time in his life, two years of age. So when Herod makes his decree, he wants all the children under the age of two to be killed. And the reason he does that is because he doesn't want anyone to escape in case his men and people that he has sent out on this killing spree to miss any child. So before Herod's plan is even known to the wise men or even to Jesus and his family, God reveals it. And I want us to think about that for a moment and how important that is. I often think that I'm left in the dark in a few decisions that are being made in my own household. Has anyone ever felt like that? If you're married and have a wife, and if you have a a husband, you sometimes feel like even if you're in a relationship and you're dating, you're with someone, living with someone, you know that sometimes decisions are being made without your knowledge. And then when you find out, you're like, what? How could you have done this? It's like unexpected. And it was something that you were not prepared for. Well, the truth is, is that this kind of happens all the time. And sometimes it happens even when you're parenting. Sometimes I would make decisions about what I would do with my kids or what I would get them or what I would do for them without really consulting my wife. My wife would then hear about it, discover it afterwards, and be quite upset about it. And I'd be like, yeah, you're right. I should have maybe consulted you. I didn't do that. Um, but yeah, it's done. It's, it's happened. What are you going to do? Go back? It's like it's too late. So we'll try to do better the next time. And co-parenting, it's not an easy thing because you're often not on the same page for these decisions. And sometimes you're making a decision and the other person is disagreeing with it. Sometimes you're disagreeing over times of when to serve hors d'oeuvres and when to even serve the main meal. Sometimes you're, 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 you're arguing over bigger decisions, like whether or not you should make an investment or sell something or even just buy something or even just move from one place to another. Leave a job, leave something that you feel is a relationship that has been dragging you down. Stop communicating with someone Who the person you're with doesn't want you to do that with. There are a lot of things that can derail any life that you are intending to live together. Now, without God's help and without His guidance, that could be even more complicated. And so far, God has had to intervene often in the lives of Mary and Joseph to make sure that Jesus was born into this family. But more importantly, he's also speaking to people who are not even of the same faith. He's speaking to what we can call astronomers, astrologers, or really magicians. The people who were For all intents and purposes, maybe even alchemists. People who were not of the same faith, but were spiritual enough to be aware of what was happening in the world around them. And that's what these wise men were. And this is, in essence, what they did. They studied the stars. They sought the signs. And in so doing, without realizing it, they were going to be introduced to a new king. I don't know what the intent was for them to be searching and seeking, and I don't know why they would put everything at risk to travel, but something had happened within them that put them on this journey which no one else took. But this just proves that that God is often speaking to the most unlikely of people. And without them realizing it, the wise men not only faced the dangers that they would have expected on the road, they faced a danger in Herod that they did not know. And so God had to reveal himself not only to these wise men, but he had to also reveal himself again to the family of Mary and Joseph so that they could continue to protect Jesus. Now, why is this important? It's important because you can expect certain dangers and you can prepare for certain dangers. You could even do everything you can to plan for certain dangers, but it's for the unexpected dangers that were often obviously caught by surprise by. And there were unexpected dangers that they could not have known about unless God was the one who was revealing them. Now, I don't go through my life, and certainly I don't go through my day or my week, saying, God, uh, you know, reveal the unexpected dangers today. I don't start my week by putting it in my Calendar on my phone, look out for unexpected dangers this week. I, I don't put it there thinking be aware of unexpected temptations that are going to take you out and others with you. I don't put those things in. I don't actually think about my life that way, but what I'm learning from the scriptures is that I need to be more aware of it and even if I don't pray it, I need to have an openness to it that tells God that he can speak to me and reveal whatever it is that he must in whatever conditions and circumstances of my life that he must so that I can move through this world protected by him. And so I don't know if the wise men set out knowing they were led by God. I believe that they believed that they were being led by a star because that's what they studied. And I believe that when they went and worshipped before this king, who was now two years old, I don't know if they understood him to be the king the way that God had prophesied him to be. But I do know that God loved them so much that he revealed himself to them in a dream. And in that dream, he said, do not go back the same way you came. And do not stop to speak to Herod because he wants to harm the child. And that's the first time, really, that we know that God reveals himself to these magi. It's the first time that he reveals himself as far as we can tell in the scriptures that he makes himself known. And I believe that they were marked by that. I believe that they were forever changed by that, transformed. Because the journey that they had set out on changed when God spoke to them in their dream. And I believe that we sometimes are missing out on a encounter with God that is defined by our personal, individual need by not giving God the chance and the opportunity to speak to us and to reveal unexpected dangers that may be lurking just a few moments away. And so if we could look at the scripture that is found in Matthew chapter 2, I'm going to read the story that begins at verse 13. And it says that after the wise men were gone, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. Get up, flee to Egypt with the child and his mother. And the angel said, stay there until I tell you to return, because Herod is going to search for the child to kill him. And that night Joseph left for Egypt with the child, Mary his mother, and they stayed there until Herod's death. And this fulfilled what the Lord had spoken through the prophet, I called my son out of Egypt. And then Herod was furious when he realized that the wise men had outwitted him. And he sent soldiers to kill all the boys in and around Bethlehem who were two years old and under, based on the wise men's report of the star's first appearance. And then Herod's brutal action fulfilled what God had spoken through the prophet Jeremiah. That a cry was heard in Ramah, weeping and great mourning. Rachel weeps for her children, refusing to be comforted because they are dead. And when Herod died, an angel of the Lord appeared to, in a dream to Joseph in Egypt and God said to him, get up, and the angel said, take the child and his mother back to the land of Israel, because those who were trying to kill the child are dead. And so Joseph got up and he returned to the land of Israel with Jesus and his mother, but when he learned that the new ruler of Judea was Herod's son, Archelaus, he was afraid to go there, then after being warned in a dream, he left for the region of Galilee, And so the family went and lived in a town called Nazareth. And this fulfilled what the prophets had said, he will be called a Nazarene. Now, why is this interesting? Because without realizing it, God is fulfilling prophecy through the life of Mary and Joseph by guiding them, by directing them, But it's not like they're intentionally trying to fulfill prophecy, but they're intentionally living out a plan that God is revealing to them. And he's doing so in a dream, and he's doing so in visions, and he's doing through angels, and he's doing it through the circumstances that they're going through. And God is using everything to speak to them about what it is that they need to understand and where it is that they need to go. Now, if we limit God and we tell God, this is the only way that you're going to speak to me because this is what I'm used to, this is what I'm good with, this is what I believe in, this is what I trust, then we're limiting ourselves to how God is going to reveal any unexpected dangers and help us to live a life that really is a life that's going to be a fulfillment of a plan rather than some kind of hopeful wandering through this world where we may get some things right and may experience some blessings as a result. God is saying, I want you to know that I can be so specific with you and I can direct you so personally that I can fulfill my plan not only in you but also through you. That in the day in which you're appointed to live and in the places in which I call you to live, that I have a plan for you In those days in those times and even in those places and those places matter to God and they matter because they are mentioned specifically in his prophecies and so Jerusalem is there and Bethlehem is there and so is Nazareth and of course there was Egypt and all of these things were not expected by Mary and Joseph when they had to travel and make their way out of Jerusalem into Bethlehem, they didn't expect that they would then have to go into exile into Egypt. And they certainly didn't expect that when they would make their way back to Jerusalem, that they would then end up in Nazareth. Now, Nazareth is just, well, the name of a place, right? But it's not. It's kind of like, well for lack of a better term, it's, it's like the least desired place to live. It's the place where you only have to go and you only choose to go because you have no choice. But if you would choose to live anywhere, it wouldn't be Nazareth because it's only known for its poverty and hardship. It's known for its crime and it's violence it's known for being a place where the uneducated live not it's not a bustling economy and it isn't a place where you would say hey if we go here this is where we're going to find the best synagogue and the best schools for Jesus to attend and it's going to be the best place for us to you know raise a family and look at the beautiful parks there are it's not like that kind of place and so the only reason why Joseph picks this place it's because he believes that no one will ever look for him there. Does that make sense? But what God wanted is for the very place where no one would look for him, it would be the place that he would be known with throughout his ministry, being called Jesus of Nazareth, which would declare that the king would come to save everyone. came from the lowest of lows because that's who he came to save. There's no story that shows the inclusivity of God more than Jesus coming out of Nazareth and him reaching out into the margins of the people who would have no place in the kingdom of God. That's who exactly Jesus had come for. That's exactly who God wanted to make sure they would meet him and they would be received and welcomed by him. One of the things that really transformed my mind and heart into becoming a believer in Jesus was that in my studying of religions, I saw that in everything that we were trying to do in other faiths and religions, it was always about reaching for God trying to experience God trying to somehow become more like God and in hopes of meeting God and then when I looked at the story of the Bible and Jesus in particular I saw a God who came and sought me a God who came for me Regardless of who I was, regardless of what I had done, regardless of what I could do, none of that mattered. There was nothing I could do to reach God because God had already reached out for me. And he was already there to receive me, not the way I could be, but the way I was. And then he would help me from there. And that's the only thing that, that matters in this story is that Mary wasn't perfect, neither was Joseph. Joseph. The story isn't about perfect things happening to perfect people. It's about imperfect people being chosen to carry a perfect plan. And that it didn't matter where they went, there was dangers. And it didn't matter what those dangers were because there was a God who was always going to reveal those dangers. Can we say amen? There was a God who was going to expose the plans. And he was going to show that no matter what happened, God was going to reveal what others had conceived in secret. What had been devised for harm and for evil, God was going to expose that. And I want you to imagine that when people are plotting against you, and you are in danger and you do not know it, I believe that God is still protecting you. But I also believe that there are times when God needs you to be a part of the plan, part of the escape, part of the rescue, part of the deliverance. And so he comes and he reveals the plan to you. There are times where God is not going to reveal the plan, but there are times where he must. And there were times in Jesus' life as an adult where the plan was, was not revealed. But we see there are times when he was a child in which he was. There were times where Mary saw visions of what would happen to Jesus if she didn't move. But there were times where she was a mother of an adult son who was ministering in Israel and she could not see the dangers that were there see there are times in which God is going to reveal the dangers and there are times where God isn't but you can always count on the protection and the blessing of God you can always count on the promises of God being fulfilled in your life you can always count on the fact that whether you know a little like the wise men about the plan of God or you know a lot about the plan like Joseph did that God will still continue to speak to you and reveal what needs to happen in your life so that you can expect to evade the unexpected dangers. God is here to protect us. God is here to lead us. He's there to bring us to the place that fulfills the plan for you and for others. And I need you to go through this life not being afraid of the unexpected but knowing that God is there to reveal it. He is there to speak to you about it. He's there to make it known so that you will not live your life in fear. I believe they lived with fear. They lived with anxiety and worry just like all of us. I think these have been some of the most fearful and anxious and worrisome times. That I, that I can't seem to, to, to remember worse than, than anything that I've ever lived in my life, honestly. But yet, even in this, even not knowing what is going to happen next, I put my faith in a God who I know does. And I put my trust in a Jesus who will not only continue to reveal himself, Whether I be awake or asleep, but he will warn me of the dangers that are ahead, or I can just count on him in protecting me, whether he does or not. God is able to do both. And when he needs us to be a part of it, I believe he reveals himself more miraculously. He makes us see things and understand things and know things that we otherwise would not see, know, or understand because he needs us to be a part of that plan. And so it may not go into my calendar and it may not be something that I pray every day, but I live with this awareness in my life every day. So that when the unexpected temptation comes or when the unexpected danger reveals itself or when that moment that can threaten my life or my future or that of my family comes along, I say, Lord, I will keep trusting in you. I put my faith in you. And I know that you will see me and us through. And when we live like this, there is nothing that can derail you even when it does. Because there is no one who can restore and there's no one who can renew and there's no one who can resurrect like Jesus can. And whatever needs to be brought back together, whatever needs to be brought out of death, whatever needs to be done in the moment in which we're in, for the next moment in which we all need to go through, I believe with all my heart that God will be the one who will lead us there. Can you say amen to that for yourself? That he will do that for you. He will continue to do that for all of us. And so let's pray together. Father, I want to thank you for this time and for these beautiful people that you have assembled here for the way that you love them and for how you want to reveal yourself to them for the amazing things that you have done already in their lives and for the amazing things that you are going to take them out of and towards that are even greater lord i believe that you are able to take us from things that are good to things that are perfect, from things that are acceptable to things that are absolutely amazing. And I know that you can do that for every person here. You can not only protect us in the dangers that we are unaware of, but you can reveal those dangers to us so that we can be a part of your incredible plan. Lord, thank you for what you've already done in our lives and for what you are promising to do that even as we live in these unexpected times, we can always expect you to be faithful. We can expect you to be loving and true. We can expect you to be bold and courageous and powerful and mighty, that we can expect you to be our tower of refuge, that we can run into and be safe, that no matter what the schemes of the enemy are, that you, God, can expose them and that you can deliver us from them. Thank you for the way that you are with us today and for the way that you will be with us tomorrow. For the way that you are the same today and for the way that you are the same forever. You are unchanging and that is what gives us peace in the most unexpected times and places and circumstances of our lives when we are being robbed of our peace. And so, Lord, I pray that you give peace in our minds and that you would fill us with hope in our hearts, that you would give us faith with abundance to be able to experience the great things that you have in store for us in this new year. That, Lord, as we see the conclusion of this year, that we would find ourselves moving forward into a new year with a greater understanding of how, You are the one who still sits on the throne. You are in charge. You are the King of kings, the Lord of lords, and we will worship and praise you forever. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Thank you for joining us on the River's Edge podcast. I encourage you to take the message you have just received and allow it to go deeply into your soul. Let Jesus do the work that only he can do. A heartfelt thank you to all those that generously give to River's Edge and make this podcast possible. You too can be a part of spreading this message and creating life change all over the world by going to riversedge.life slash give. You can also subscribe, rate, and share this podcast. Thanks again for listening and God bless you immensely.